0: Hello, and thank you for joining us on Healing From Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, Reiki master, energy teacher, medium, and author of the newest book in a trilogy, A New Life Awaits, Spirit-Guided Insights to Support Global Awakening, which shares stories and messages from spirit that show us our challenges are not merely economic, political, or societal but a deep disconnect from our spiritual essence or life force our soul awareness and guidance system to-day i once again welcome elaine clayton artist illustrator reiki master teacher of intuitive empathic development For those who wish to listen to former shows with Elaine, please go to my website, CherylGlick.com, on the radio page. The last one was March 2020 and is a special edition. Hello, Elaine, and thank you for joining me once again to share a deeper awareness of the power of intuition for healing and expanding life in all
1: aspects. I am so happy to
0: be here, Cheryl. Thank you for having me. Okay. Mr. Elaine, as listeners of Healing from Within are well aware, mm-hmm. over the last 10 years, my extraordinary guests and I share stories and insights into the world of spirit, energy, and love in order mm-hmm. to remember we are spiritual beings having a physical life for the purpose of recreating old stories and handling them in a more advanced way to improve relationships refine our energy and move towards refinement of thought and action for a world to go beyond the fears and limitations of human endeavors we merge the duality of soul and human life to create a way to bring heaven to earth In today's episode of Healing from Within, Elaine Clayton will share with us ways to see the unseen and welcome the mysteries of life through psychic events, synchronicity, and fun encounters as we explore ways to understand empathy and use mystical, spiritual, and imagination insight to better understand our place in the universe. Elaine, you may remember... Oh, maybe not <laughs> I always uh, I always love to ask my guests to think back to their childhood and remember a person, place, or event that may have shown them or others the lifestyle, work, and interest they might explore as adults for it appears that our soul carries a destiny and life path that we were born to rediscover as we mature into this physical life. So think back.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's so fun to think back on that. I've so many little movies going by in my mind and what I'm landing on as actually really meaningful and it's interesting because it shows how much if we just spend quiet enjoying you know, quiet time enjoying each other how profound that can be for someone. So I remember going to visit my grandma, my grandmother Clayton, my dad's mother, and she would sit on a big, she had a big leather couch and had pictures like those um, beautifully colored baby pictures of the older cousins and siblings. And so it was kind of, she always had magical areas in her house. And she would sit there and draw, and we would draw, being, you know, on the couch with her, beside her, and she was so amused by. I remember doing a, a portrait of my of my grandpa, and she she thought it was. I saw so many little stars in her eyes, and she smiled so much. And I think that she cultivated an ease around being creative and um, a real positive sort of happy glow around the idea of making space and time just to be like that, to be creative and playful. And she thought that, you know, that I would probably become an artist. She thought maybe that or an architect or interior designer or something because I was always drawing floor plans of houses that the people I drew would live in. But I think it's that. That was really, you know, I never really thought about that as, determining possibly my trajectory exactly you know but now that you yeah. yeah you ask me like that and i think actually that yeah. just that quiet beautiful time you know she didn't have to do anything but just enjoy being with us and yes take a pencil and paper and you know you know why
0: you probably said that because that's exactly what has happened with my grandchildren since they're little oh. they've come here one of them is an artist and plays the violin and they were always, I had all the materials, and I, I cannot draw, and I do not play a musical instrument. I, I am a psychic, I am a, a medium, I am much in communication with spirit and imagination and daydreams and helping people. And I think you also, it was part of your wanting to help people through seeing mm-hmm. the enjoyment they experienced through your artwork with your grandmother. So I'm like your grandmother in that respect and it just gave me a immense pleasure to hear you describe it that way. And I kinda of think <laughs> spirit yeah. wanted you to say that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well I think so too. It reaffirms your you know, love and time yes. that you spent And, you know, I want to say something, too. So another book I wrote is Making Marks Discover the Art of Intuitive Drawing because so many people say what you just said, which is I can't draw. And maybe what you mean is you can't render. You know, like people, we get the idea that drawing has to be um, a rendering of something. It has to look like something. But, But the beauty of it is just making marks. In a really freestyle stream of consciousness way. And I have people use their non dominant hand because you don't have much control over that and close your eyes just to feel how good it feels to do that. It's like an innate impulse, you know, like cave cave people were drawing on the walls. You know what I mean? You got a blank blank surface, you can do something with it. So I'm just interjecting that to say you actually can draw. Yes, I shouldn't. I shouldn't have said it that
0: way. I have I'm not pursued it, but I remember being in fifth grade, and I had a, a drawer. Oh, who's the man? The Peanut Man? Who? Oh yeah,
1: Mr. Peanut. Mr. Peanut with his top hat. <laughs> no, 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 no. He was
0: um, a scientist, and he worked with peanuts. I can't think of his name. Or oh again.
1: no, you mean you mean George Carver? That's it. Uh, oh, and, I love George Carver. And, yes.
0: and I did a biography on him. And I drew him, and it was so wonderful. (laughs) Of course, it was. Of course. I mean, I was amazed at myself because both my sisters were very talented in that regard. And I just, I was more a little athletic, a little bit of a tomboy. So um, I didn't gravitate toward that at that time. But, yes, you see, when I had to do it, I did do it. So well, yeah, no and, one and, should and, say
1: they can't do it. I well, I, I mean, I don't mean for it to be a challenge. I just mean that we're mark makers naturally. We find a way to do it. We can't help ourselves. I used to and, doodle. <laughs> I used to. Yeah, doodle. and I call it stream drawing because I think that when it's okay to call it doodling because maybe it makes us loosen up and not care. But we also throw those away, or other people don't value them and throw them away like they're nothing and and i think that that's in this you know this is important for like developing as empaths and intuitives too because you're in touch with feelings when you feel even just the gesture of making simple marks and how what a wonderful space we create with our imagination when you're you know doodling or as i call it stream drawing creating out of um Somewhere, right through it's, your mind, yes. through your heart. I don't right. know. It's a daydream, and it becomes, in some way, relaxing and present. You know, and yet you and you've ta- and it's also a huge thing because you take something blank and you did something to that blank surface. What what other symbol could we have of, you know, literally making your mark? on the world and yes. we're you know, we're born creators, so we're supposed yes. to. So anyway you should do but what I, you love to do. But I did study interior
0: design, you mentioned that.
1: Yeah, and I that's did cool. study I know that.
0: the history of, of um, furniture antiques, uh, beautiful structures all over the world. Uh. Uh, see, so the creative energy comes mm-hmm. out in many, many ways. And of course we've written books and uh, when I was in school, I thought I might like to do that. But then I put it aside, you know, to learn to function in the real world, not the imaginative world, because I could have gotten maybe lost there. So for a while, I didn't uh, pursue these well, gifts that Well, that's a really that
1: interesting have. um I like the point you made. You know, so we distinguish between the real world, the world that's practical and all that, right. and then the spiritual. And and it's interesting because um there's probably a time for us to do those practical things. Um I think Ram Das is really fun to listen to and he he's so wise and enjoyable and he I remember him saying it's like the you know becoming somebody you know like somebody quote well you know that you're that you're already somebody but the world expects us to become a somebody and mm-hmm. so we get to we get to the work of doing that and it really isn't who we are necessarily but it's interesting because we do have to survive so yes yeah it, we... but I didn't do the practical thing I am so captivated by the by the spiritual and creative that I just sort of swim in that and fly by the feet of my pants, and it's not necessarily practical, but it is how how I am and of course, in some ways I have to get you know um, quote real, I guess you know, but <laughs> it's there's a everyone can determine for themselves how to experience being as you said earlier. Spirit, a spirit with a, a human you know, body and, yes. and, and a personality and a, a lot of stories to tell and a lot of stories to get over well, while we
0: live. You we know? have to merge our duality, our physical human life with our soul, wisdom, and the purpose we've come here. What we want mm-hmm. to do while we're in this time and place. And then you have the best of both worlds. And you and I are doing that and many other people are doing that but we're helping other people learn that they don't have to put aside they can merge it and it's a wonderful thing when you're comfortable with your soul energy in your physical life now I want to go on to why did you decide to write The Way of the Empath at the present time you've written other books before why now the need for this
1: book you know um it wasn't like I said to myself, "Oh, um, these times are so tumultuous. Let me do this." But it was like the time was right for this to be born. You know, it's kind of more mysteriously organic the the way it came about. Um, I think. I think. Um, we need more books like this. And, and, in fact, there are some out there. You know, there are more than... than Not um, very many. There used to be. No. No, but, you know, we... I've only we...
0: interviewed about four people who are in pets out of about 600.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting to hear you say that. I just noticed that in the years that I've been... Because I was doing children's books before, writing and illustrating, uh, picture books and illustrating for other authors. And when I... So about 15 years ago, I fully, maybe a little bit longer, really it was probably around 2007, entered into spiritual, you know, books, you know, in the adult trade market that would, that would be about intuition and empathic sensing and art and how creativity can influence that and all that. Um, and there was almost nothing out there. Like that. I mean, there were just some, you know, but not a lot. And so I think it's better now. But anyway, I think no matter what made it come to be, its time was ripe, you know. And I don't know how we're going to sort out our polarization. Um, because only through love.
0: Only through love. And <laughs> that's the only way when we come to love ourselves and know we, our energy is in other people. They are within us. The universal energy is within us, and we are within the universal energy. We're all part of it. We're all feeling it. And when we get past this um, need to control and to have power and allow other people to have their way to be,
1: Mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. we
0: will be making a big jump, a big spiritual leap. And we're in the middle of it right now. I don't know how long it's going to take, but we're going there. But I want to say that I wrote my trilogy for much the same reason that you just said. I was told by a medium about 24 years ago. I never had a reading, but it was a gift to me. I didn't believe in all these things. I told you I was trying, even though I was born Mm -hmm. an empath Mm -hmm. and a medium, I was trying to fit into the world my parents would have Mm -hmm. liked me to be practical with a career and all that stuff so they were smart you know they were they gave you a gift in that too you know yes they did because i had so much experience before i started to really uh devote myself fully to this but anyhow so she told me i was going to write a trilogy three books and i said i don't think so (laughs) You know, cause yeah. it was too much for me. To... It was in short time that another person told me I had to journal everything. And coincidence, synchronicity, and all all this stuff started to happen. And I came to realize that we were very much more than our physical being. And uh, things changed for me dramatically. And I wrote this. In my new book, A New Life Awaits, I wrote this. It is quite possible we will discover the reason for venturing out of our original state of life a spiritual eternal world of universal energy and incarnate into this physical body in a three-dimensional world many of the people i have encountered have suggested to me they would never have embarked on a physical life experience if they knew the pain and difficulties they would have to witness but at the end of life as a hospice volunteer. I have been happy to hear people on the brink of returning to their true form as soul beings, expressed to me that life is good and beautiful. As mentioned in my previous book, The Living Spirit, as an answer to this dilemma, I wrote, each of us is presented with a series of life experiences and lessons in order to learn and benefit our own soul awareness. In fact, we choose these experiences, pleasant or unpleasant, because of the lessons we need to have which were chosen by us with the help of our teachers in spirit before we were born into the, this plane each life is important and at the time of passing regardless of how easy or hard life was the soul values the opportunity it has had to increase its emotional quintessence we have memories of whatever was meaningful and valuable to us and bring it along to the next stage of life
1: that's really beautiful
0: so that's what we're we're here to do and when Mm -hmm. we discover that we're free of all the limitations and pains of our childhood and fears that other people impressed on us now let's go on to something really important because it's hard for a person to understand what an empath really is what is the definition or description of an empath?
1: Well, I don't know that
0: I put a uh, put a hard definition. It's a lot to of it. things, yeah. It is, but you, you know, in your book, empath- you describe it so
1: fantastically.
0: So well, just tell you know, us something.
1: Yeah, I mean, the way I think of it is that when when we we know what in, what it is to feel empathic, in a way, we know even if we, people said you're not an empath, you know, you're not sensitive, everyone knows how it feels to feel hurt. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what you wrote in your book, um, we enter this plane of existence for knowledge. A lot of it is derived through an exposure to various types of trauma, honestly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, learning through pain. And we're sentient. We're, we have five senses. So with our body, our body it helps us perceive the world around us, and then get information for making choices through the personality as it develops with this body within these senses that we have. And I feel that, you know, intuitive sensing, empathic knowing, really has to do with being aware, and some people are more naturally given to that being aware Um, of the feelings of others, being able to perceive um, the emotions and maybe thoughts and intentions of others without even having to really um, have any words exchanged. Mm -hmm. You know, they may just simply feel the energy, like, you know, when you're standing in line somewhere and, well, now most people, we stay so many feet apart still, I guess, but you remember when you would go to the movies or something and, you, you could just feel strange and look, and the person behind you seemed fine, but you got a weird feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so energy isn't visible, but we're picking up on it all the time. Everybody empaths, is. Well, everybody is, but empaths, empaths have an more. inner... Yeah. Empaths yeah. feel it so much so they can't help but have an inner conversation about it. Mm-hmm. They are feeling it and aware that they're feeling it. Um, they may not always be aware that others aren't also doing that, and they may not, empaths may not be aware that um, the feelings they have aren't their own. Sometimes an empath will be extremely upset and then realize, wait a minute, why am I upset? I'm doing fine. And then they have to be a little bit, you know, retrace their steps in the day and realize, oh, it's that interchange that I had, and that's when I picked up feelings that aren't even mine. So I would say it's a hypersensitivity in a way, a form of intelligence that comes through energy unseen. Sometimes you could break it down and say there are visual clues, you know, that we're not conscious of, but that the empath still notices and um, registers and has emotional response to it. Um, you talked about self-mastery over our emotions, and I think that that's one of the things that matters a lot in developing an empathic life and being okay with it and that is understanding why we may have emotions we have whose emotions are they are they mine or did i pick up on someone else's what am i responsible for if i feel for you am i responsible for you but not I can't you. i'm not necessarily <laughs> Because right of, no we but can't I change feel anyone I am. else they have
0: to change themselves. You got
1: to, yes, but that's the hardest lesson an empath learns yes. and they relearn and relearn and relearn and Absolutely. find themselves again over and over. You can still keep your heart open and yes. hopefully you know gradually develop a way to feel and love and care without really being ruined and destroyed by yeah. it because ultimately we aren't responsible for everybody else. You can't save anyone, but what do you do with all that well, feeling? You have uh, to only do your best. You yes, know? you do your best. You can help
0: other people.
1: And you, we must. By the
0: example we set and by picking up information for them. As a medium and empath, I have clients come to me and i help them know their own destiny i'm like a soul empath and and help them know more about themselves and it does help but they it have to does. make we set the environment but they have to make the necessary changes when they're ready to improve and understand who they are and the quality of their life so let's go on to why is taking note of synchronistic events and the signs we receive from spirit and learning to protect ourselves important to the empath?
1: Well, you know how I said a lot of this is becoming conscious of, and we and we hopefully continue and continue to be deeper in our conscious awareness of how we feel, of why we're, traumatized by things or why we chose the things we chose and all those little compartments of life that, that we find ourselves in. Um, conscious awareness means being attuned to how we feel and then having a discussion or having a way in which we understand those feelings and ask questions around those things, right? It's like being in a posture of uh, questioning, Right. Um yes. it's, it's an allowing of life to brim you know and so if we if we get now that sounds heavy and serious who wants to be heavy and serious that's not fun you have to also be creative and playful yes. well that is what a child does the chil- children know when they're afraid they they're afraid and they let you know they don't have a they don't have an inhibition about expressing what they know almost immediately it, we You know, we're in culture. I don't know if that is even a word. We are cultivated culturally. We get conditioned to respond in a certain way and to tamper down that knowing and that attunement. Yes. If we stay attuned and we allow it to be fun then we don't feel so, you know, heavy about everything. It, it, it allows us to be observers of our life a little. And then you're not always the subject of all the misery. You're observing you as the subject. Yeah, and terrible. one of the ways to do that is to say, I'm going to really notice things around me. I'm not going to be numb and, you know, ignore magic as it occurs. And some synchronicities are just wildly just incredible. They happen and you can't believe they happen. And you notice them, and then guess what? What happens is meaning, meaning. Nothing matters if we don't find meaning, right? And you did right, Elaine. Being an empath
0: is not an ordinary life, and for me and you, it's a wonderful life, and we're working with it, and we're enjoying it, and it's, it's great. So I would like to thank you, Elaine Clayton, author of The Way of the Empath, for all the beauty You bring into life, into the world, and into your life and others through your Reiki healing gifts, your art, and everything that you express. And this book, which most sincerely describes and honors the lives of those whose destiny it is, to serve humanity by developing and using their empathic abilities to add a new perspective to the unfolding of everyday events. To learn more about using compassion, empathy, and intuition to heal your personal life and to uh, help heal world situations, purchase this very practical book and you will understand and develop a greater understanding of the challenges sensitive people may experience. So you can go to ElaineClayton.com and Amazon.com to buy the book, and the book is found in all bookstores. In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, Elaine Clayton has shown us, all of us, that to be an empath is an art form. To discover how our perceptions and feelings guide and inform us, shape us, and at times limit us, this requires extraordinary awareness. It takes great courage to walk the path of an empath and to learn how to use spiritual, mystical, and imaginative insights. But learning ways to protect yourself while living with an open heart is a lifetime experience and one that is not in the least boring. Empaths experience synchronicity and coincidences, messages from spirit that help lead them to use their soul, heart-centered intelligence in ways that protect, serve, and change old beliefs as they grow into their awareness and higher consciousness. Elaine and I, both empaths, have explored the world of spirit and physical life, always trying to merge and use all the awareness and guidance through our duality for the best results in our personal lives. And then to share this energy of love and healing by being observant and helpful in times, discovering life is a great gift and living it as you have uniquely created it to being in alignment to the universe and spirit. And that was always from the beginning of time, the purpose of eternal life. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing from Within, Reiki master teacher, medium and author of the newest book in a trilogy, A New Life Awaits. And I invite you to visit my website, CherylGlick.com, to read about and learn to listen to leaders and visionaries in the metaphysical, scientific, spiritual, medical, and energy healing practices, as well as psychologists, attorneys, and those in the arts and music. Explore the possibilities and probabilities of using awareness as the pathway to knowing ourselves and the world and life in its totality. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you.